Welcome to the All Souls Episcopal Parish and Berkeley's Sermon Podcast. Today is Maundy Thursday, and we hear from the Reverend Maggie Foote as she preaches from the lectionary, which is John chapter 13, 1-17, 31b-35. As always, you can find more sermons or information about All Souls on our homepage, which is allsoulsparish.org. do stuff. I don't really like to think about stuff. I like to build things with my hands, and when I do, I usually start off with half an idea, but then if I start to go beyond that, I get muddled down in the details and start to lose sight of what I'm doing. At some point, I just have to start working on it and figure out the rest as I go. I also like to garden. And when I do, I do the tiniest amount of research that you can imagine, and then I just sort of go for it, planting the things that I want to grow and adjusting along the way. When I'm trying to solve a problem in my life or figure out what to say in a sermon, perhaps a Maundy Thursday sermon, for example, (laughs) and I get stumped, I have to take a break and go for a walk or pull weeds in my yard or do the dishes. When I was in seminary, I often took my dog Jasper for long walks on the breaks in between my classes. I couldn't stomach the thought of cramming in another hour of reading or thinking about liturgy or theology or the global Anglican communion. (laughs) I used to think that this meant that I wasn't an intellectual or I wasn't as smart as some of my classmates. But what I found over time was that the complicated theological doctrines I was reading about and discussing in my classes would sometimes suddenly click for me while I was watching Jasper tromp around the field at Cordonices. Or the theological implications of the way a particular liturgical practice evolved over time would suddenly become more clear while I folded laundry. I realized that I need to use my whole body to really process and synthesize information, understand complex ideas, and sometimes even to figure out how I feel about something. I've also come to realize that I'm not alone in this. I think it's an inherent part of the human condition. And I think it's a big part of why the Christian practice speaks to me and to so many others. It can't be confined to thoughts or even feelings. It spills out into the physical realm. Paul Bradshaw and Catherine Harmon in an essay about ritual put it like this. Liturgy, after all, is not made up of ideas, but of things. Words, materials, gestures, tastes, noise, sight and smell, and human persons. It is not only our brains that we take to worship, but our whole selves, which we trundle through or around a series of words, materials, motions, noises, sights, and other human persons. Because humans are not simply intellectual and rational, but emotional and embodied. Ritual helps the human person experience religious worship as more than just a cerebral activity. Ritual, by its nature, asks the worshipers to do more than one thing at once, to pray while they kneel, to sing while they walk, to read while they listen. So we have to eat bread and drink wine or grape juice and sing and shake hands and light candles and kneel down and stand up and sit back down and stand back up and carry crosses, and wave palm fronds, and wash feet, to even begin to wrestle with the great mysteries of our faith. 
There is no other week in which this is more true than Holy Week. This week is full of symbols and rituals, which are just symbols enacted over time, that help us make meaning out of a story from which we are separated by centuries in time and across a great distance. As George Guyver puts it, symbols cannot be explained. We cannot describe their meaning. Our understanding of a true symbol always remains incomplete. There remains more that dances tantalizingly beyond our grasp. Symbols take over where words are not up to the task. I think Jesus knew this, which is why, along with his verbal teachings, he also performed miracles and shared meals with people and traveled from place to place. And in the gospel reading we heard tonight, he washes his disciples' feet. See, Jesus was all about proclaiming the reign of God. He talked about it all the time. But he also used symbols to help people feel in their bodies what they could not understand in their minds about what the reign of God would be like. By sharing meals with outcasts and sinners, he, dem he demonstrated through his actions who would have a place at the table at the great feast that is set before us in the reign of God. By washing his disciples' feet, he wants them to understand something about the reign of God. Now, I'm not going to try to explain here what I think that something is, not least because I have just quoted a very scholarly scholar who says symbols can't be explained, <laughs> and we cannot describe their meaning. But because symbols are meant to be experienced, and meaning flows out of the experiencing. But what I will say is this. What we all have before us this evening and for the rest of these three great days is an opportunity to dig deep into symbols and rituals that the church has used for centuries to commemorate the last week of Jesus' life. It is not our job to try and understand intellectually what it all means. It's our job to show up, to experience the sounds, tastes, sensations, and movements of these liturgies, and let them work on us. Let them help us understand that which can't be put into words. Let them help us intuit what Jesus wanted his disciples to understand about the reign of God when he washed their feet or when he broke bread with them. Notice how you feel in your body. What emotions come up? Are you scandalized like Peter by the idea of someone washing your feet? Do you feel nervous at the thought of opening yourself up to someone in this way? How does it feel when the water is poured over your feet? How does it feel in your chest singing these chants? What other sounds do you notice? What objects in this room are catching your eye? What do you notice about the people around you? And finally, only after all of that, what meaning might you draw from it all? How might the reign of God be on display here in these words and actions? 
And how might we use what we experience here to enact that reign in the world? How might we open ourselves up to receive God's tender love in our own lives? Whose feet might we bend down and care for?